I have an idea that we could probably fill an hour with. Talk about how much you're a bitch. Multiple Finney protocols with that shit. But when we talk about in general, not necessarily just in crypto, because it would mean predict projections and shit. We just talk about what we see on the horizon for 2024. What do you think? I say in 2024, you're still going to be a bitch, though. Man, you fucked up. All right, going live in three, two. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. The following includes conversation relating to cryptocurrency. The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information is done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life. Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only. I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul. I'm the COO. I am Chris, a.k.a. Little Chris, the Chief Technical Officer of Affinity Innovations. Our long show, we will talk about Affinity, crypto in general, EFI, blockchain technology, technology, uh, and just talk about anything, whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Get to know us at a little more personal level. Gobbling nonsense. Is there cursing rules <laughs> or anything? No, you say whatever the fuck you want. I think they'd be more worried if you didn't curse. <laughs> show me the money. Show me the money! Hey, hey, what's up, people, and welcome to Affinity Protocol right here on WDVRDVRadio.net and on Twitch. We are live tonight on this Tuesday evening. Uh, Paul and Chris, as always, we uh, are live. We yes. are live. <laughs> so watch what you say. Um, <laughs> Tell me what to do. Oh, man. And before we get started, I just do want to remind Chris that he is a bitch before he gets me. Um, <coughs> gotcha. Chris, you're here with us still, right? Yep. All right. Just want to make sure. I want to make sure. I know he stole your line. So let's keep it rolling. You know, um, he's going to end up saying it again later. So I know he will. Uh, speaking of that, man. How you been? How you been? Like, I know how you been, but tell everybody else how you been. No, I'm just enjoying my fried dough. <laughs> you don't ask that shit again? Yep. This dude don't ask the fried dough from the circus. I had chicken tacos for dinner. Yeah, I went with uh, barbecue bacon chicken pizza tonight, which was... Uh, Fantastic. What I will say is, <clears throat> so me and them charbreakers, Paul. Oh yeah. So this Our cafeteria, uh, new place I work. Like now, imagine the other side of the spectrum. Oh, raw. No, no, no. no. I meant like good, actually good. Uh, like charbreakers are like completely horrible, but it's actually good. Like they had some. Uh, Beef Angus burgers. You can get like bacon added, sauteed onions. I got uh, chipotle mayo and barbecue sauce on mine. Dang. It's pretty good. And cheaper than the other place, too. Don't lie, man. You miss those burnt ass burgers. 
Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Ain't nothing to miss with them. No. Nope. <clears throat> so, so, uh, so hold up. So I, I mean, I gotta get oh, some backstory oh, on that before we just go sit there and just say it. So for anyone that's curious, basically one of the places that we all worked, um, for lunch had what they called uh what like burger friday where it was like it ended up being every other friday or something like that it was yeah, every friday. Yeah. yeah it was every friday so okay so that, that's the first part of the story is we was new there the particular schedule that we was working um they had um uh basically got every other friday off so we're not there every single friday and it seems as though they're, they look like they haven't set stuff for lunch. So we end up asking, like, hey, when you have, or actually, old man ended up asking, like, when you have burgers. And the lady in this cafeteria looks at him like he's the biggest idiot in the fucking world <laughs> and goes, Friday, like we do every Friday. <laughs> and they, they were not even good burgers, like, at all. Think of the absolute like worst burned burger you can think of, which is why we call it char burger. And like this thing came out like a, a cooked like a fucking hockey puck, but as thin as a sheet of paper, just absolute dog shit burgers. So it ended up turning into like a, a rite of passage. When you, when you uh, had a new guy in there, they had to go with the char burger and we kind of made it like an unofficial thing to see how many times we could get someone to order the char burger under the impression that like, the next time it was going to be better. And I think uh, after after you guys left and moved on to other places, there's this other kid there, Josh. Man, I got him like four Fridays in a row. <laughs> like the first one, he got it. And I was like, oh, man, you got a char burger. I was sitting there with like hot dogs because I knew better. I mean, they were you know, burnt ass hot dogs, too, but whatever. And I was like, oh, you got to try again next time. Like they, they fuck it up sometimes. You know, next Friday we're at work, I, I bring my lunch and he's like, oh yeah, I'll get the burger. And it was a fucking, that thing was burnt to a crisp. But I had him going for a couple of weeks though. Man, and, the, and there's one thing that a burger should not do that has nothing on it. And that's crunch. Uh, there should be no crunch in your burger, man. I've had croutons that were juicier than that shit. <laughs> like, like, come on. Yeah, that's fucking bad, dude. Croutons. That's gross. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. yeah I can't say I missed that, but... Don't forget about the big pieces of celery, too. <laughs> it's got some celery on, on steroids. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it end in, like, the, the chicken salad or some shit like that? Yeah. Yeah, like chicken Caesar wrap or something like that. Yeah, it was like half a celery stick. Oh, it would, dude, that was more than half a celery <laughs> stick. That was, like... They went to a celery farm and said, hey, just give me everything you got because I got some fucking egg salad and tuna salad. Not not even egg salad. Uh, chicken salad and tuna salad that really needs some attention on this like right the fuck now. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so, you know, speaking of the past, uh, I know pre-show we were talking about some things and it's like, um, you know, it's cool and it's fun to, to to talk about the past and nostalgia and all that. But, you know, every year that goes by, it seems like everybody's like, oh, man, I can't wait for this year to end. Right. This year sucked. You know, for whatever reason it is. Obviously, we had a couple of years where COVID was really, really at its peak. And, you know, 
uh, economic issues or whatever, whatever's going on, natural disasters, there's always some crazy stuff going on in the world. And it seems like lately, or at least the last, I don't know, five, 10 years or so, it seems like everybody's like, man, I can't, this year sucks. Can't wait for it to end. So what are we thinking? The hell is 2024 going to bring? Uh, just in general, right? Like, is this going to be a year we can look forward to or what? What do you think? This is going to bring the actual housing market collapse. Think so? I know there's been a lot of speculation on that. Lots. Yeah, I was reading an article about if the if they like lower the Fed rates quickly without doing it like in a slow-ish fashion. Yeah, it's going to absolutely destroy the market. Are oh, you talking about pulling back the increases that they've been doing for the last like year yeah. or so? Yeah. And not not just pulling it back, but like damn near eliminating them. And because the the one that I saw was like they're they want to their target is to get it back down like four and a half percent. Yeah. And the the thing that was brought up was like, well, you have to do it like as slow as humanly possible. Because if you don't and you bring those rates down quick. It's going to, you know, it's going to drive the market up so that the prices are just going to absolutely skyrocket again. Oh, yeah. And rent's going to go up and like it's going to just destroy the market. Yeah, I can see that. That makes that makes a lot of sense, especially since all the people that have been sitting on, you know, either refinancing or selling or buying or whatever due to interest rates. You know, being where they are. Yeah. Which is nuts, right? Because. You know, my, my brother's a real estate agent and, uh, you know, so I talked to him about this stuff a lot and, uh, you know, it, the markets, housing markets kind of at a stalemate because you would expect as interest rates go up, you know, what happens a lot of times is the prices of houses come down and they kind of didn't, right? They, I mean, maybe a no, little bit they, in some markets, but I, I don't think they did at all. I think they kept going up even with the interest rate going up. Yeah, right? So then you got that, and then, um, you know, with the interest rates higher, like, who the hell wants to sell their house to buy another house that's inflated in value but has now a higher interest rate when a lot of people that bought their houses over the last, you know, uh, especially the last three three to five years are sitting on interest rates that are, like, sub three. Yeah, like, why Why the hell would you want to go out and get a 7% interest rate, you know, uh, yeah, on a house that's just as expensive? Yeah, absolutely not. That's yeah, crazy. And uh, like like Mike said in our chat, housing insurance, you know, real estate insurance is, is crazy. That went up. So, you know, everything keeps going up. If the rates go up, should have come down, but it didn't. Uh, so I agree. I agree that we're we're kind of at the, the the top of a, a housing bubble right now. I don't think it'll be bad as as like two thousand eight, two thousand ten, uh, as far as bursting. That was kind of a unique situation with uh, all of the the junk bonds and everything else that was going on with the bad mortgages and all that shit. So I don't think it'll be that bad, but I do think we're going to see a pretty good uh, retraction. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that would be a good thing to see, to be honest with you. Uh, as long as it recovers like it usually does. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 one thing about 
2024 that I definitely think we can agree on. And, you know, that ties into a whole lot of stuff with the housing because housing is a big piece of the economy. Um, you know, we got another thing and I don't want, I don't necessarily want to get into like politics and all that, but obviously we have an election year coming up and no matter how you slice an election year, doesn't matter who you're going to vote for. It's still an election year. And there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with that. And, you know, it just, Hey, and, and there's times that it's, it actually, you know, can drive the market, you know, in a good way. Um, I've seen it both ways. It all just depends, depends on the sentiment, depends on, you know, whatever. You know what I think is going to happen in 24? We're going to be uh, decided between a douche and a turd sandwich. Gary Ginsburg. <laughs> gone. Oh, man. Gone. I'm calling I'm excited. I'm calling it now, man. <laughs> Got me all excited. Yeah, I can. I, I think that's that's a fair assessment. They should. That sucks. Yeah, you hear, that's you hear not me, the statement. Hear me, Gary. Suck. You you suck. <laughs> no, that's fair. And you know, I I think when and if it does happen, uh, I think at least the short term. Uh, reaction to you know stock market crypto markets especially probably going to be very 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 bullish uh the reality that we got to make sure that we keep that we you know that we know we're facing and got to keep in, in in mind is he's one person right so even though he uh he's at the top he's not the one doing all of the investigations not the one that's necessarily bring into light all the stuff they want to go after and all that other shit. He definitely is a big proponent of all the bullshit, but well, absolutely. He, he ain't the end game. So gotta keep that in mind. Chris, what's your twenty twenty four looking like? What's your ideal situation? Well what do you what do you think is gonna happen? With anything. My ideal situation would never happen. That, that's his, leaning. His ideal situation winning the Powerball when it's over a bill. Well, win that one million slot machine. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant that we could hang out every day. Fuck no. Who would want to hang out with you? <laughs> Come, Come on, on, man. I was that, eating a Tic Tac. You bro. knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. <laughs> wrong for that i know how you really feel though i mean you don't have to you don't have to butter it up for the for the podcast um but yeah no that's not gonna happen um but you know it's a lot of other other crazy shit that could and and likely will happen especially especially when it comes to economical stuff you know obviously we're in the in the crypto and tech field and uh, tech is seems to be on this uh, lightning fast trajectory. Like we had, you know, obviously there's always, you know, um, improvements and, and new things coming out. But uh, the last couple of years uh, have really sort of exploded and, and are bringing to light new things and new ideas, whether it comes, you know, comes from um, 
uh, blockchain or AI or, um, you know, some of the shit that's going on with the improvements in EV technology and, uh, you know, internet shit, like just everything uh, seems to be getting some focus uh, technology. But what, what I'm curious about is when are we going to start seeing kind of the reverse in, in computer stuff, right? Like how friggin' fast are we going to be able to make processors and video cards and all this without kind of reverting back to bigger form factors? Right. Cause things have been getting smaller well, I mean, and smaller, but you know, what well, that's part of, um, man, I can't remember the fucking dude his his law or whatever that he came up with whenever like computing really kind of took off where he said like every on average 18 months yep. that computing speed will either double or the requirements will half in size and it's been basically true since he came out with that so i mean i don't think it's gonna interrupt like a, a sized form factor in in any capacity i think if anything you're going to be looking more at like nanotechnology peeking its head into the game yeah, you don't think so? You don't think, uh, you think we'll continue to be able to squeeze all of these resources and, and speed and everything else into smaller and smaller chips? And yeah, actually, um, on the CPU side, so your main portion of a computer, Intel has actually reached a difficult limit where it's actually small, harder to get their, uh, their chips even smaller than what they are now. And they're pretty small. Yeah. They just need, they just need a technological breakthrough. Yep. They need aliens to come in and let them know how they do it. I mean, that could be what's happened in 2024. <laughs> That's true, too. That's another thing, right? You know, talking about aliens and stuff and all the all the things they got hidden. I don't know. I don't see that happening. You know how I feel about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like poking fun at people. Yep. Yep. But I, I do see, you know, one, one silver lining, because I don't think, I don't think 2024 is going to be a bad year. That's my overall vision is that I don't think it's going to be. Now, there's a couple caveats to that. Again, like I said, um, and I'm not going to get into who, who I and really is. I won't even say like, because, um, again, talking about a, a, a douche and a tart sandwich here. But um, so it, it it comes down to, you know, that's going to play a factor in it. But I think overall, we're looking we're looking pretty positive or at least starting to get positive on some aspects of what's what's going on in the world right now. There's a lot of shit still lingering, um, but I think I think this is sort of this uh, awakening to like some of the technology, like we're we're starting to get beyond some of the bullshit, even in the crypto industry. Uh, 2020 and 2021 were, were great years for price wise, but I think they were terrible years for the outlook on crypto. When you look back at it and say, "All right, well, really, what came out of those years that somebody?" from the outside looking in can sink their teeth into and say, Hey, crypto is actually a really good thing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, it was a good year for people that were in and the prices were high and 
all that other stuff. I'm sure a lot of people made a lot of money. Uh, but outside of that, it didn't really do a whole lot for the image of crypto. And I think now, uh, over the last year or so, uh, maybe even two, but really starting to this year, and, and I, I see it spreading into next year, that the mindset and the the outlook and, and viewpoint of a lot of people is drastically changing as to like the, the power of, of what the te- technology can do and, you know, the usefulness of, of crypto in general. Yeah, I know I'm not alone. Am I alone in that thinking? Oh, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. Honestly, that could go either way. Cause you could have, you know, we could, turn the crypto world around you could fall into a, a nice bull run have just a, a long streak of a, a decent bull market and because of that have stuff like scams and honeypots and all that kind of bullshit flourish yep that really just kind of taints the crypto community yet again and and sets us yet another step back in doing stuff like mass adoption because people are going to get scared of it it's going to cause stuff like the sec to step in and do something about it and I don't know. Yeah, it, it could go either way. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's like in in a in a bear market, you have the the people that are desperate to get money, and they really pump the scams and stuff like that, or or you know, development stops because there's not as much money circulating, and people can't pay for stuff, and you know, is what it is. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. But it you know, it really doesn't lead a whole lot of innovation. And then you you come out of a such a long bear market like we've had. You know, the whole crypto winter. Uh, that, that people call it and whatnot. That's, I mean, it's lasted longer than a season. So it's longer than a freaking winter, but you know, <laughs> like you have crypto, crypto ice age. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck crypto winter. This is goddamn crypto ice age. So you gotta, <laughs> you get into that like area of like, Hey, this shit sucks. As soon as you get that, that bull run, the people are going to come out of the woodworks and that I, I feel as though that's going to end up setting it back. Yeah, to a degree, that's uh, that's definitely true because it already it started. I don't know if you remember when uh, shit. I mean, time goes by so fast. I can't remember what it was. Maybe about six months ago or so. Things were starting to look pretty damn good. Could have been even like almost a year ago, and it looked like we might start having a turnaround. And I noticed when I was on crypto Twitter and some other things, I would notice that there was this huge like influx all of a sudden in my feeds. Of all these shit tokens that started popping up, like like overnight, like all this crazy shit happening of people, like like you said, trying to take advantage of that it looked like things were starting to turn around, that they had bottomed, and, and we were looking up, and uh, I think the, the market went up like 20, 25% over like a week or two, and it, it was looking good. Um, so yeah, they popped right up again, and then kind of started disappearing to a point, but... It's still around. I think I think that's honestly what I'd be afraid of for you know the crypto ice age thawing out, so to speak, is is gonna be something like that where again, just because we've been in in crypto ice age for so long that at at, at the very first opportunity that people can, they're you know, they're coming out in force. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which reminds me, too, there's something I, I wanted to talk about. And Chris, uh, you know, uh, please chime in, too, when, you know, if you want to add anything to this conversation. But kind of sidetracked off of the, uh, the coming 2024. But something very important that's happening right here and now is the, um, 
the vast amount of phishing links that people are clicking on, right? And and I, I bring this up because um, what you're talking about with scams popping up and everything, like it seems like this is this is kind of the new rug pull, uh, quote unquote, is the the phishing, right? Because um, you know it's it's easier and and less conspicuous to uh, either you know, create a fake website or send out some emails and get people to click on some things or, or create a fake social media profile. And, you know, say you're doing airdrops and all this other shit. Um, but what I want to make clear on that, that point is when you're doing this stuff and you see these links, first of all, take a step back. All right. If something's free, chances are there's a hook and it may be free, 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 free. Free, <laughs> right? And the hook well, may not. You look at the, look at the mayor when you talk about that. <laughs> yeah. What? I, I know you like free stuff. I do like free, but I understand <laughs> that there's usually a hook. I love free, uh, but I do. I understand there's a hook. The key is not having to be a scam hook, right? And and unfortunately enough. In, in the crypto world, and the financial world, more times than not, it's a damn scam. So always assume everything is a scam. Take a step back. Really look at it. Evaluate it. You know, and, and, and what they try to do, too, is obviously make it time sensitive so you don't have time to research and look at it. It's like, you got to click on this right now or you're going to miss out on $5,000, right? Uh, that, that should be one indicator right there. Um, but... You know, also keep in mind that, you know, when you, you're, you're clicking on these links, uh, if they're asking you to connect your wallet, that's another thing that should be a giant red flag. Uh, because, you know, if, if I'm giving away something for free, um, why would I need you to connect your wallet? I, you could just give me your, your well, with us adapt, but your, your wallet address and people can airdrop that way or they can do whatever. If they're looking at you to not only connect your wallet, because that's that's not even the, the the real bad part, right? Because connecting your wallet, you know, although you shouldn't, because you don't know what kind of sniffer or whatever they got in between or what they're doing on that end. Uh, but really, the bad shit happens when you sign that transaction. So that's another thing. Like, what are you doing signing transactions? Like, that's just don't do it. You know, don't. Um, you know, do your research, me. Like, it's, if it's too good to be true, it's 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 not true. You want to talk about scams? Remember when we, um, oh man, I don't know what the hell we were doing, but it made me look at NFTs in my wallet, and I got like mad NFT dust. Oh God, yeah. What the like? Where did that come from? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe people realized that it was uh, not working as well doing the the token, you know, the traditional token dust, the BEP twenties or the or the ERC twenties. Yeah, because I do too. I I must have thirty damn I, NFTs in my wallet. I, I don't. I don't know if I believe. I I mean, I guess if they're doing it, they have to have some sort of success that is, you know, letting them continue to do it. But I find all that almost hard to believe because. How long do you, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look on, you know, BSC scan or something like that. How long do you think those NFTs were sitting there before we even realized that we had random ass NFTs in our wallet? 
that are obviously dust because the NFT is an image of go to this website or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Well, the whole thing about it, it's psychological. So it it's really, it's really shit to think about. Like um, they're really just trying to play on people who actually really need funds, who, whether it's like to pay medical bills or to put food on the table, whatever it is, that's what people are playing on. Um, and another thing I want to add about the phishing is, yes, there's more phishing attempts, but do you also think that people have gotten more complacent? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. Because yeah, you think so yeah, stuff but- like phishing is like jammed down your throat. Oh, of course. But how many times do you just click through that training, though? But I mean, but I'm also an IT professional, so I guess I have a better. If you're clicking through, if you're clicking through it, they're clicking through it too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point, right? With with the way with the way the market's been the last couple of years, people are are like desperate for an edge. You know, it used to be before where if you wanted that edge, you could just go throw a hundred bucks at whatever the hell token just launched and hope you don't get rugged and you can make a ten x. Uh, th- those opportunities are far and few between now, even, even, the, you know, the rugs, but, uh, they still exist, but they're not nearly as many. So yeah, people want to take that risk, you know, oh, I know it might be a fishing attempt, but I'm a risk it anyway. Cause it could be legit and I can make a little extra money. Mad stupid. I, <laughs> hey man. And the thing about these, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say general population, man. That's all I'm gonna say. And something about <clears throat> some scams, they'll essentially lead people on. So, like, it'll work for like 10 bucks or 30 bucks, but then it'll jump in. Like, you have to, for collateral, you have to put a thousand, two thousand, and then that's when they get scammed. It's like, so, it's like getting hustled in a game of pool. Yeah, once again, another psychological factor. Yeah, that's for damn sure. It's just too bad, man. I hate seeing it, you know, but it seems like every day I'm scrolling through through my feed and somebody else talking about they got their wallet drained. And I love the, I got hacked, right? I got hacked. Man, you didn't get hacked. You clicked on some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just own up to it. You clicked on some shit. You didn't get hacked. Uh, I forget what it is. Maybe one of you guys might remember the number, but like the, the actual probability or, or possibility that somebody can, without you doing anything, just straight up hack your wallet, hack that key, uh, is, uh, we're, we're basically going to call it impossible with an asterisk. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's impossible. Uh, to just flat out hack a wallet without any intervention from you or clicking on anything or doing anything like that. I mean, ain't easy. Nah. Nah, that's for damn sure. I'm not that good at statistics, but it is statistically unlikely. Yeah. I mean, supercomputers and stuff like just can't do this stuff. Uh, quantum computing, you know, talking about quantum computing, you know, the next phase of everything. And, and uh, you know, quantum computers can't even crack this shit. 
So, not going to happen. Don't click on shit. Don't click on what? Links. I'm sorry, because that wasn't very clear. I know that was... uh, Nobody necessarily clicks on actual shit. Uh, So, don't click on links... Come in your email, in your in your DMs. That, that's why I need you to clarify. So I was <laughs> I was mad confused. I was like, I've I've yet to see poop. I mean, I've seen all sorts of dumb stuff on the internet, but I have yet to see like actual shit. Look, <laughs> man, that you haven't gotten deep enough in the internet, then. <laughs> nah, man, I haven't di- I haven't dove down that YouTube rabbit hole in quite some time. Yeah, if you just go on Facebook long enough, there'll be some turd <laughs> yeah said it right there some turd now i'm <clears throat> i'm gonna do that sometime i'm gonna clock how long it takes me to find actual shit on facebook like literally on facebook there's actually a post that's that people share and it says it's like the shareable poop it's like it's a piece of shit in a toilet <laughs> it's just share across facebook Bro, what are you getting into on Facebook? It's a it's a meme. Like, I, no don't ask me. I didn't make the meme. It just gets shared across Facebook. Uh, shared across Facebook under what circles? Because I never come across that in my entire It'll life. It'll be on like public Facebook pages as well. I I I apparently am missing out on Facebook. But I mean, I'm in like maybe like probably like thousands. A mean group, so damn. Clearly, you're in the better ones. Yeah, chill. But speaking of which, not not pooping the toilet and and a meme, but uh, with security, right? So as we move into 2024, it's kind of what what I'm hoping for, and I I see. I know it's going to come a lot with us, with Affinity is going to be uh, heavily focused on security and aspects. Uh, but what I'm hopeful for, I, I, I guess uh, I don't necessarily see the writing on the wall and saying that I, I, I believe it's going to come, but I'm very hopeful that security is going to be a, a much bigger focus. And I know that's, a, you know, with all of us being in the industry for so long and seeing how security has always severely lacked behind technology in, in general, that is wishful thinking, but... At least in crypto and blockchain, I'm I'm very hopeful that there's going to be some new technologies that come out, not only from Affinity, because like I said, I know that's going to be a heavy focus for us uh, the rest of this year and going all the way through 24 into 25 and beyond. But um, yeah, something's got to give with this stuff, man. Like it, we can't we can't continue down the same road and just and think that it's going to be okay. You know, because uh, that is one thing that I will say that we are having a very difficult time competing with traditional finance with security and traditional finance isn't the greatest, but it is far better than what we're seeing in the crypto space right now. And that needs to change. We'll see. Well, what do you think drives that gap? Obviously. You know, uh, traditional finance has been around a lot longer, you know, regular, you know, banks and uh, stock markets and, and, you know, loans and all that. So all that stuff's been around for obviously far, far longer. But it's also 
it's centralized as well, right? Where there's a lot of aspects of crypto that is centralized, but there's a lot that's decentralized and we're, and we're looking to keep it that way. But with decentralization comes a lot of personal responsibility. And that's kind of where we're faltering. Not kind yeah. of, that's a big piece of it. Oh no, that's definitely a big piece. Personal accountability on stuff like this. Yeah, that is, that is definitely a big piece. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge. And I know education, you know, and we can talk about education, you know, till we're damn blue in the face, but how much education do some people need on this stuff? Like we just talked about it, you know, we get educated all the time on fishing, but it happens. It's like, so to a point it's no longer education. It's just, you got to just take response. You got to pay attention. Gotta pay attention. Pay attention. Man, you asking a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> pay attention. And that's something we gotta talk about a lot over the next year, too, is again, personal accountability, paying attention, and taking things slow because even with these even with things that come out, because of the decentralized nature of what we're trying to do and what the entire industry is hopefully trying to do, it doesn't matter how much securities products and all that are available out there for them to remain decentralized. There is going to be a significant level of self accountability that has to play into it because if there's not that centralized, if somebody else is watching over your every move, protecting you, making sure that you can't make mistakes, it is no longer decentralized. So that's something that I think needs to be talked about constantly as, especially with us, as we're bringing out our products in the future, because I don't want anybody to believe that no matter what they're using from affinity or anybody else, if it is truly decentralized, that they can just sit back and do whatever the hell they want and nothing ever is going to happen to them. That is not the case. I'll give you a perfect example. Armor, great product. I'm going to pat ourselves on the back with that one, too. Love the idea. It was, a, it was, it was something very, very creative. Uh, that was kind of a collaborative idea from some feedback from our community and some, uh, some quick thinking from the team. But there is a level of accountability, one of them being you need to move your NFT out of that wallet. Right? That is, that is critical to ensuring the full protection of your assets when using Armor. If you do not move that NFT and something happens, you can't blame Armor. That's the way it's designed. It's decentralized. You need to take the steps and the actions necessary to safeguard your shit. Right? But if you do that one move, the rest of it is taken care of for you. Yeah, but that's that individual responsibility. Yep. Just like you, I mean, you hit it, you hit it right on the head when you say stuff like if you if you're keeping it decentralized, it's going to come down to individual responsibility, and that is absolutely the case. Yeah, well, like I put money in my bank, right? That's centralized. I don't really have full access to that money, especially depending on how much I'm trying to get out at a time. We all know that. We know they lend it out, and your money's not really there. And um, but you have certain protections. Right now, uh, forget the banking crisis that happened. 
I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a little different. Uh, but I'm just talking about security. Security, not, not faulty banks. Bank security, they have teams of people that watch over your money and, and they have, you know, uh, IT teams and they have physical security and, and FDIC insurance and, and a whole slew of things that, you know, make you feel good. So the cons are on the, the monetary system and the availability of money and, and the centralization of your money, which is what we're trying to get away from. But the pros is the security is left in somebody else's hands. You know, look at, look at even credit cards, right? If you, make, if you fall into a scam with a credit card, what do you do? Call up your credit card company and say, hey, I got scammed. And chances are they're going to reverse the charges. That shit ain't happening with your wallet. <laughs> it just ain't it's happening. It's not? <laughs> no. Uh, so when you want to give up that centralization, you want to you have you know, freedom over your money, you want to have all that, you got to take the good with the bad. And we got to start educating people. We got to stop making sure personal responsibility. Which, oh my God, looking at this generation, man, I don't know. Um, but... What are you talking about? This generation is all about personal responsibility. Oh, I know. I know. I got three of them and they, 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 <laughs> they always take, they always take responsibility for everything they do. I don't oh, know. The boomers are pretty bad too. <laughs> Come on, Chris. <laughs> I'm not a boomer. First oh, of all, man, uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't calling you on. I was just making a statement. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, he was calling you, my dog. <laughs> we all know he he fought in World War Two. <laughs> Damn, they're not even boomers. <laughs> Mad old. What was it the great the great generation or yeah. something like that? Yeah, boomers were around the Vietnam era. By the way, he calling you old. Just be glad he ain't calling you a bitch. World War Two. Damn. <laughs> I know I am. No, but you know, we got we got a lot of work ahead of us too. I'm excited about what we're doing for the year. Um, you know, we're gonna we have Affinity Friday coming up. Uh, you know, this Friday. Uh, so I'm not gonna get too much into it. We got some things to talk about, but you know, uh, on the security side and and just you know, in general of, of creating things that are, that are going to be pretty fucking cool. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be exciting 2024 for us. And I hope the rest of the market follows suit. Uh, back to 2024 in general, though. One thing that I'm, I'm curious on your take is, uh, and Thomas Anderson said BC refers to me. You know what, Tom Sanderson? You suck. Before uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you old as shit, dog. I appreciate you. Well, I had uh, I was having a conversation with uh, with somebody driving back from uh, you know some work we were doing today. We were talking about comedians, and you know the kind of some of the funny ones like Dave Chappelle, big, big fan of his. And, and we're talking with some other comedians. 
What do you guys see coming for entertainment in 2024? How do you think that's going to change? Especially with all the shit going on, you can't, like, comedians are kind of, and not just comedy, but I mean in general, but I'm just bringing up comedians because uh, the stuff that's going on in the world, you're like, you can't really talk about a whole lot and everything else. I just see the progression of entertainment. We had the, the era of uh, reality TV. Uh, we had uh, game shows. We had, what do you think is going to emerge I know, man, but comedians better still be relevant because my wife got tickets to for us to go see Matt Rife on 420 next year. I was going to say, comedians are still still doing comedian things. Oh, um, they are, they, they but just, I just don't think the caliber is, is there. It just depends which one you watch. But the way that they do it now, well, obviously they always did it, but it's heavier hit on heavier now is essentially they I don't know how to explain it like if they're going to reference a taboo topic essentially they have to ease into it a lot more than let's say Dave Chappelle had to because Dave Chappelle would just do it straight into your face yeah, he's still like that he don't give a shit yeah, yeah, he gives no fucks you can't cancel Dave Chappelle <laughs> no you know how many times you were supposed to get canceled? You just never got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they have to ease into the taboo topics a lot more because Matt Reif, for example, he'll st- still talk about taboo topics, especially when he's doing crowd work. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, I think that, like, honest to God, with Matt Reif, though, I think part of his thing is he's so quick, like, with, like, he's he's got the wit and he's so quick on it that you don't have time to care if it's something that's like going to end up being super offensive. I think that sometimes people that like build up into it are, are ones that end up getting it wrong because they, now the crowd knows like, Oh, this is going somewhere racist or all oh, this is going somewhere sexist. Like Matt Reif pulls that shit out of his pocket. Like he's like, it was loaded, ready to go for God knows how long. Yeah. And another thing is I've seen comedians where they'll put a, like an intellectual twist to it. So, only the people who know actually know. Yeah. While it's called in general population, they won't get the joke. They just think it's just a normal joke that he made, but there's actual, or he or she made, but there's actual, there's a larger context behind it. I just, I, I mean, I don't want to go off on just comedians, but I, I get what happens sometimes is, and this happens to, I guess, you know, a good portion of people as they get older, you start thinking everything else sucks. Everything new sucks. Right? Music sucks. TV shows suck. Right? And I'm falling into that, right? Like everything, <laughs> I look at stuff, I'm listening to music, I'm looking at, you know, don't mind, you know, get me wrong, not everything, but like I'm looking at the majority of it, I'm like, this sucks, man. Like movies are rehashed. Uh, you know, TV shows don't even feel like they're trying anymore. There's no real plot, um, with the exception of a couple. Uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's like a Game of Thrones fan or, or anything like that. Um, even though I hurt and and this may come to a shock, some people I've never seen a single episode, not even five minutes. I don't think of any Game of Thrones, but I heard the ending. Uh, I think pissed off some people. Am I right with that? Paul, well, we'll, just say, we'll just, we'll just it say it, it was it was disappointing. Okay, it didn't piss off some people; it pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty disappointing. We'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I do remember that correctly. Um, but you know, aside from like that kind of stuff, I just feel like every year that kind of shit, and it may just be me aging. 
But, you know. Chris, I know you're the youngest of the group. What do you think? What do you think in every year, year over year, do you think entertainment in general between movies, TV, and music is getting worse? You're the worst person. I'm the worst person to ask because I grew up on VHS movies and cheap Chinese bootlegs. Okay. All right. You're the worst person to ask then. So we're just going to go with yes. Your answer is yes. They are getting worse. All right. Uh, Case closed. Uh, (laughs) But the thing about game shows is if, like, theoretically, all the game show hosts could live forever, I don't think game shows would go anywhere because game shows are game shows. And then there's a competitive factor to it. But now with a lot of the older game hosts, game show hosts who essentially like uh, Jeopardy, I forgot his name, but Alex he Trebek. basically, yeah, you know, he basically made the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Pat, uh, Pat Sajak's on his way out for Wheel of Fortune too. I'm sure. Yeah, Ain't all no these. Pat Sajak's like hundred years old. He still looks like he's thirty. Look at <laughs> Yeah, all these game show hosts that essentially who are the icon of that show are passing away. There's big shoes to fill. And I don't know if there's other people that can fill those shoes. Yeah. I don't know how many drew carries we got to go around to work. Every game show there is out there. Guy. It's been the host of everything. <laughs> Crazy. What else is coming for next year though? What do we, what do we got on tap? I know, uh, let's talk gas prices. You notice the gas prices. Going up again? Yep. Uh, I just saw something in the article. Essentially, Biden is negotiating with Iran to uh, basically trade prisoners to release locked up oil funds. Wait, what? (laughs) Yep. I'm being so serious. Oh, my God. Those Keystone Pipeline need to come back. I hope that's not true. Or it doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, you know, because there's better ways to get oil uh, hit right here in the U.S. Just saying. Uh, and then um, we're low, going, running low on oil reserves. So that's why we saw the uptick of gas prices. Yeah. And I, pay, I have to pay for premium. That shit's not fun. Yeah, I know. I've ever paid for premium. Yeah, no, it's what well, previous got to be like four bucks a gallon now, right? A little over four. Four, depending on which gas station you go, I average I pay like four twenty nine. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's right up there with diesel. But I'm glad I'm not closer to Boston because those gas prices are insane. Yeah. Like Boston, eighty eighty nine goes for like almost four bucks. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to think about what it's like out in California right now for gas prices. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like six and change? Gotta be. <laughs> so, maybe this was just the part of Texas because I, I was in Plano. The gas, you'd think that gas prices would be a lot cheaper. But in Plano, they're maybe like five to ten cents cheaper than Massachusetts. Yeah. Which is weird because, you know, there's a lot of oil fields in Texas. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's what it comes down to. How much are we producing here in the U.S.? If we're producing a lot in the U.S., you're absolutely correct. 
But if we stop production, they're kind of under the same, same restraints that we are. Because we're all getting it from the same place and getting distributed across the country in the same manner. But yeah, if they're producing it in Texas and down south or wherever, then yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get the benefits of it. But all right, this current administration doesn't want to do that, so uh, you know. But you know, that's that's. I was talking to somebody else about that today as well. Uh, to kind of start wrapping up this Finney protocol, but. As far as prices of everything and inflation and, and, you know, people needing to buy groceries and everything else, I was thinking about the liquidity that actually exists in crypto, right? And while I think last that I think I read, and I may be wrong on this number, I think 5% of the world population is holding some sort of crypto. Again, I might be wrong on that number, so don't hold me to it, which is very, very low considering you got to think, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of people in this world that don't have money uh, or don't need it, you know, depending on where you are in in, uh, in the country. Um, so I got to imagine, though, that at least 80% of people in the world hold some sort of currency in their, in their native country. So that's quite a disparity. Now, the crypto market is kind of an untapped market for tapping into that liquidity with commerce and there are a lot of people that do pretty well in crypto that are waiting for their opportunity to use it as a currency i mean that's one of the big pillars of of crypto either you're in it for the for the gambling aspect uh, you're in it for the technology or you're in it for the uh, let me stock it up and, until it can be used for a currency, and then I'm going to have a lot of money to, to spend on things, or a combination of the three. But with with a lot of this being sat on, uh, this off-ramping is either a pain in the ass, or now you got to pay the taxes and all this other shit. Uh, there needs to be a, a influx of commerce. We're getting emails. Oh, you're hearing it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm hearing it. That's me. Um, came into my family email. Um, there needs to be a, a an, an increase in, in commerce availability to accept crypto is what I'm saying. Uh, and I think that's, that's an untapped market partially because of, you know, regulation or, or lack thereof and, and some other stuff. But that's why, like with our focus on adapting other products, when that commerce, that opportunity comes with commerce, they're going to need opportunity to be able to make those transactions. Hence why we're creating Adapt. Hence why we're moving, you know, we're going to be doing the layer two uh, and all these other products with POS systems and everything else. So that's all I wanted to say on that. That's all I got to say. You guys got anything else? We got about five minutes uh, for some some last comments and, and, and anything else before we wrap up this week's protocol. You really want me to tell you? I do. I'd love to hear it. I got pissed real bad. I'm waiting for this thing to end. <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> I drank a lot of water today, man. No, this is your old man bladder. Uh, partially. Uh, but we, we went up in Boston today and we were heading home at about just about 3 45, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And we were uh, on the north side of Boston. So 
Uh, it was it was a battle getting out of there. We were in the car a lot, and I was drinking tons of water. Damn, better slow down. But uh, Chris, you got anything else? No. No. Actually, no. No. Just besides that, you're a bitch. There it is. Damn. I should have just ended the show as soon as I asked. Uh, all right. <laughs> you got nothing else. Uh, I just want to remind everybody this week, we are having Affinity Friday. Uh, this Friday at 8.30 p.m. for the Twitter spaces or X space. Um, and then followed by usual shenanigans. I might change it up a little bit. So we are going to be without Paul this weekend, which makes me very sad because he runs our games and everything for us. Uh, we didn't do them last Affinity Friday. So I am going to do some stuff this week. Uh, we got to bear with me. And we might have to change it up a little bit uh, because I'll be running the games and the payouts and everything solo. Uh, so, but I'm going to make it well, happen. A slight addendum to that. I might be here. Okay. Um, we, can, we can discuss it more in an offline setting, but basically some of the stuff that I deal with at work, I might not be able to leave because of the hurricane coming and potentially hitting us okay uh as of today that path has changed a little bit more out to sea but we'll see what the coming days uh bring to us hopefully it keeps moving further and further out to sea but for now we'll assume that paul is not going to be with us and if things change we'll be happy i'll be happy to have him back with us uh for friday uh outside of that we'll see what kind of news we got for you guys on friday Uh, i'm hoping for some good stuff as I'm sure you are. Uh, but outside of that, that's going to do it for us here on this week's Affinity Protocol. Uh, thank everybody for tuning in. you listen to us live. Uh, if you listen to this recording, go back and listen to all of them. We got tons of them. I think like 30-something, 40-something. I don't even know. Go back and listen to every last one of them on your commute to work while you're sitting on a toilet, whatever you're doing. Uh, but we will see you here in two weeks. Right here on WDVRDV Radio and on Twitch. But that's going to do it for us. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Take it easy. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. 